Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm very excited today, as I always am, to be here with you because we have another amazing entrepreneur on with us today. Her name is Theodora Boyu, and she is from Greece. Theodora, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Chris, for the invitation. It's been a lovely way to connect with people and get to know each other. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you're going to have some great stories that our audience are really going to connect with. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, your business is called Excellence, mm-hmm. and you started out, from what I understand, teaching children uh, English as a second language. Then you moved on to teaching the educators of those children the program that you have put together. And now you're helping educators put together their own programs. Exactly. That's the exact journey. So I started 26 years ago. I have my own language school in Greece. So I started teaching my young learners and I experimented with lots of stuff because I love experimenting. And I, I know the, I know that students love learning through experiences. So I always involved experiences in their learning. And while I was studying and trying to look ways for my courses and my programs, I became a teacher trainer. And when I developed my own unique programs, I developed three unique and proprietary programs. Other teachers and other language school owners got really interested in what I'm doing. So that's when they started asking for the programs. And instead of me just giving them the lesson plans or what I'm doing, I started doing training for those lesson plans, which are concrete programs. People are now, many schools are now using my programs in their language schools and their students are enjoying what my students are enjoying as well. Amazing. And I was going to say, you made that sound so concise, but I know you've been in business for over a couple of decades now. And that's probably, uh, of all the people I've interviewed, I think right up there along the longest running business. So tell me, how have you done it? How have you stayed in business this whole time? And how have you adjusted with all of the changes we've had in the last two decades? Yeah, definitely. There have been many struggles and competition is really high always, but I always thrive in competition. So whenever my competitors did something that was really pushing me and pressure, putting pressure on me, I always, instead of feeling rejection or staying in that state of not enoughness, I always said, okay, what am I doing now? What's my plan B? And I always did a slight pivot and I always tried to change and improve and work on myself. So growth it was my, my main goal in life, how to grow, how to become a better person initially and an educator, of course. And so while I was struggling to find other solutions, I would find them because the struggles make you grow, right? Yeah. And there have been lots of them on my journey as a teacher and in my personal life. So when I was working on myself and trying to get out of my way, because mainly for all of us, this is the the main obstacle. It's us. We are our main obstacle. We are the main issue in everything we're doing. So I started working with coaches. I started doing self-development. And the more teachers trusted me, the more I could approach them from a different perspective. I moved on from teaching them skill set, teaching skill set, to teaching them mindset. Because that was a journey I have worked myself with my coaches. And then I said, what I needed is what people need, what my colleagues need. And this is how this journey in in mindset started. So now I'm a mindset coach for educators. Amazing. That's uh, an absolutely awesome transition that you've made starting from as just a teacher and then moving on to having your own school and now teaching other people to create their own programs. When people come to you right now, 
to get that help creating their own programs. Aside from the mindset, which we just talked about, what are some of their biggest obstacles in actually getting a program put together and starting to market it? First of all, they don't believe they have a program, and but I do. So a lot of times somebody else has to believe in you before you believe in yourself. So they come to me, they usually come to me to work on confidence or things like that, or personal issues. But along the way, while working together and while we're removing limiting beliefs, they realize that they have some kind of content which can now be structured in a different way and make their own unique recipe that can either students or parents or other colleagues. And so now I work with doctors, I I work with teachers uh, and doctors who are in education. So I work with doctors who want to train their patients to take ownership of their life, which is very similar to what we're doing as teachers, training our our students to take ownership of their life. So while I was working with educators and they kept saying, I'm not good enough, I'm I'm not confident enough to talk to the parents of my students, they realized that they had some gems in their past. So we just went, I just took them into their past, turned on the lights and showed them and they saw what they had in them. So we collect those pieces, which is the pieces of their own puzzle. And now after working with me, they see, they collect the pieces and they start structuring their own signature program, which is unique to them and unique in the world. So they're not trying to copy somebody else or be with like somebody else. They work on what they have in them and this is going to help others. So they attract people who are going through the same struggles and they help them through these programs. Amazing. And I know that there's a big push right now for a lot of people who are in those kind of spaces, teachers, doctors, people who have a large body of knowledge and skills, but maybe are tired of doing the one job that they've been pigeonholed into. If you love being a doctor, it's great, but you can still only see one patient at a time. And if you do that for 20 or 30 years, you're probably going to get burned out. And so you see a lot of people taking their knowledge base and moving to coaching, group coaching, that sort of thing, because it frees up their time. It gives them more money. And I think too, that with the, at least here in the United States, the way the educational system is, a lot of parents have lost trust in sending their kids to public school. And so it's very interesting to see all of these kind of alternatives popping up. Is it similar where you are in Europe or what is that like? Uh, It's not similar because in Europe, like in Greece, we don't have the option of not sending our kids to public school. Like it's, everybody has to do it. And so they don't have an option. And at the same time, educators don't have an option of doing something they love, bringing it into their classroom because they have to cover certain, like they go have to follow the curriculum. So it's very difficult. But in language schools, again, they have to go follow a certain curriculum so that they can prepare the students for the language exams. But for me, that was different because I was working on my self-development and I was seeing my growth. I, try, I just tried some of the questions that I was going through uh, with my students. And then I instantly saw the change in their mindset and in their motivation to learn. And they start asking me to close the books, the regular books, the course books, and start doing this stuff. So we kept working deeper and deeper. And through that, we developed the program. I developed the program. So this is my lab. My students are my lab, not the teachers. So whatever I'm bringing out to the world, to the teachers, is first, I have first tried it with my students. For me, 
covering the material and just preparing my students for the exam was not enough. So that's why I kept working and working with them. And that's why I developed those programs. It was my thirst to do something different and not the students saying, oh, we don't want to do the books. It was initially my passion and my thirst to do that. So I totally understand the teachers who, are, who have to follow a specific curriculum and the parents who don't trust the system because we see the changes now and we see that this kind of system cannot support the student needs yeah. students need something different they're hungry for something different yeah absolutely if uh, i could see one thing happen while i'm here on earth it would just be to see the education system change because it, it really all does start with that and, and the children really are a future and if they aren't properly educated about the way that the world is and what they're going into as they grow into adults we're all going to be in not such a great place <laughs> yes and my vision is because i truly believe that change is going to come through education. It's not going to come through politics or through technology. It's going sure. to come through education. So it's up to us educators to start working on ourselves first, to see our growth work within, like our inner momentum, grow our inner momentum, so we can support our students on their social and emotional journey. Absolutely. And then they're just going to thrive academically. It's, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, now I want to ask you, so you've worked both with young students and also adult teachers. What are the differences you found in working with them? And what are some of the things that are maybe surprisingly similar about working with those two groups? Yeah, for the teenagers, for example, it's very easy to work with because they don't have the filters that we adults have. So it's very easy to ask them a question. They get the first answer done. They don't rationalize it. They don't filter it. So when they get the answer, they're surprised by what their subconscious mind brought them as an answer. When working with adults, it's very different because they try to filter and they say, oh, this is not the answer I was looking for. So they, the more they process it, the more they deviate from their actual path of finding the answer I've been looking for. So that's a main difference. And similarities is that everybody's thirsty and hungry for this kind of approach, because this is the only fulfilling way of finding the answers. The answers are not out there. So what I've seen with educators is that they always believe that somebody else has the answer, this trainer has the answer, or this coach has the answer. So they keep investing and look for an answer. And then they're disappointed because they don't find the answer they're looking for. So what I try to teach them is that, of course, you're going to be investing in learning, in continuous development, but not to find answers and just copy them in your class, because that's never going to be authentic. But just collect pieces of your own puzzle, filter whatever you're learning, filter it through what you know, and then bring it into your class or to your patients if you're a doctor or something working with teaching people how to deal with life, let's say. Yeah, absolutely. makes a lot of sense. I know just from my own experience, it's very easy after you've lived through a certain number of years to have this filter on the way life is and the way that it looks and what your life is like. And it's easy to let that color everything we do. And with kids, they don't have that yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Okay. Now I want to ask you a little bit about the financial part of your business. So the first thing I want to ask you is in your 20 plus years of running the business, what has been your biggest financial challenge overall? And what is the financial challenge you're facing at this moment? Mm -hmm. So when I was growing my business, uh, because I'm based in a very small area, uh, I felt, I always felt limited. I always felt that what am I doing next? What are my next steps? 
I have this limited number of students. And because I'm in a remote area, this number will never change because we won't have any students moving into the area. That always felt like a struggle. And I always kept trying, keeping trying and trying to find new ways of creating new courses or something new that would bring more students. But it was just a small area. Then in the pandemic, everything changed because we made, I made a shift and I just advertised something online. I advertised a program that I was doing in my school. I advertised it online. It was the mommy and me English together. So for the first time, people would see, would be able to go online and learn English with their kid, with their three or four year old, which is something unique in the world. Nobody else has a similar pro, uh, program. And I instantly got about a hundred students out of nowhere. A hundred new students joined my school without joining my school. They never physically came to my school, yeah. but it was something totally new for me. So it was like freedom for me, instant freedom in just with just one month's effort. So this is when I started to update my program and develop it again and training my teachers to teach it to those students. And that's when uh, people got really excited with the outcomes of the program, three-year-olds learning English with their mom and they saw the result of the the bond they created with each other because they work together in class as classmates so the parent is not the facilitator for the student to do to learn english but is the student's classmate so at the same time i was training the parent in that very crucial period of her of their kid's life which is below seven so zero to seven is the imprint period where the kids absorb as sponges, everything as pro. So everything the mother tells to the kid at that age is absorbed and it's, it becomes a program. So I found a way to intervene in this programming and mm-hmm. make some changes because I built trust and I built rapport with the parent. So the parent then followed my instructions lesson by lesson throughout the year. They followed my instructions before the lesson, how we prepare for the lesson, what to expect. And then after the lesson, the learning outcomes and how they can build and develop these competences with their kids at home throughout the week before the next lesson. And that was really transformative for the parents. They felt that they had a totally different support. And they started referring us to more and more parents. And that's how it all started. So then after that, other schools got interested in those programs. And then that's how it started. Uh, I'm wondering, can you tell me what it was like suddenly having those 100 students sign up for the online program? Were you scrambling, trying to get everything ready for them? Did you have to run out and hire new teachers and train them real quick? Or what was that like? Yeah, I actually had started training the teacher, the one teacher who would teach those students. And it was very easy for us to find, because I was already experienced in that kind of structuring and finding a schedule for the students. So the most difficult part for me was to connect with the parents and build trust over the telephone. That was the most difficult because I hadn't done this before. It was usually people coming physically to my school looking at the environment of the school, connecting with me from heart to heart. It was really easy for me to connect with people. But through the phone and trying to build trust in a two-minute call, it was that was a great challenge. But people just trusted me mainly because they had to stay inside. So they had to find a way to do something with their kid to keep their kids busy. So I think 
that was a struggle and the easy part as well. Everybody was having this difficulty of having to stay inside. But for me, it was a new era in my business. Yeah, definitely the right time for a lot of businesses yeah. to either increase their online presence or switch to online completely. Yeah. Now, I want to ask you at this very moment, uh, okay, finish the statement for me. I could make way more money in my business right now if... If I build the right network who would introduce me to other school owners. So for now, the struggle is how do I connect with more and more school owners from around the world? And how can I have them trust a program they have never seen before? They had There's nothing similar to it in the world. And the fear is how do I bring the parent in class, either online or in the physical classroom? Because it's happening. Lots of my colleagues have tried it and it's really successful. And the parents are so grateful. So they would never go back to the old way of teaching again. But how do I connect with other school owners and build this kind of trust so they can adopt the program? Yeah, got you. Makes sense. Okay, now you've been in business for a while. Where are you personally on your own journey to financial freedom? So I keep doubling my income. The late, like for the last two years, I keep doubling my income every six months. And this is something totally unexpected for me, but it makes sense because now I see the, I just reap the fruit of my uh, labor. I see the outcomes of whatever I have done in the past. And it's mainly up to the work I've been doing with coaches. And I think I'm never going to stop that because lots of people believe I'm going to become a coach but they don't accept coaching by others. Yeah. But it's so difficult. For example, if you're a neurosurgeon and you have a brain damage, would you be able to uh, do a surgery on yourself? Never, right? No. You need, right. You're again, even if you're the top neurosurgeon on the planet, again, you need somebody else to help you with that. So same goes for coaches. Even if you believe you're an expert, even if you believe you are the top person who everybody should go to again you still need somebody to coach you and read your tags because nobody can read their tags nobody can do a surgery on themselves yeah that's such a great point and it's so true because i think all of us even anecdotally know that it's true because you can talk to one of your friends and you can be like oh i can see she's going to get into that relationship with that guy and it's going to go this way because these are her programs and that's what she does and despite the fact that they're her programs and they run for her every day because it's in her and not in front of her, she doesn't see it. And then I have my own things that other people will look at me and go, obviously, you need to do this and this. It's so clear to me. How do you not see that? But you just don't see, like you said, you don't see your own tag. So yeah, getting, to getting... Me that I'll be working with a coach as long as like, I, I am a coach myself. I'll be working with coaches. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's so transformative. And even when you look at the people who are the best in their field, from athletes to artists to coaches, entrepreneurs, whoever it is, 98% of them are getting coaching and they're getting ongoing coaching from high-level coaches. So if you want to get up where the best are, you have to do the same sort of things they do. And if you're not getting that coaching, I can guarantee you a large percent of your competition is, and they're going to blow past you. Exactly. And it's not only, for example, the athletes don't only get a fitness coach they also get a mindset coach sure. because most of the obstacles we're facing are not physical are not how the, our body works it's mainly in our brain how we think what we think of ourselves and this is what stops us from achieving human higher goals 
Absolutely. Okay. Now I want to ask, let's imagine that you just had a bunch of money come in for the month. Maybe you signed up a couple of full pay clients, whatever the case, you have all of your business expenses are already paid for the month. And on top of that, you've got, let's say 10 grand in profit in your hands. What do you do with that 10 grand? Does it go back into the business? Does it go into coaching for you? Do you put it into assets like real estate, the stock market? What do you do with your money? I don't think I would do any investment in stock market. I'm not really into that because I see whenever I invest in myself, in my head, in my mind, uh, I just bring uh, double or triple revenue in three or so months. So I would definitely invest in a coach, grow even further. And then with that, with the earnings of that, I would definitely try to work with more and more students and maybe in under areas or build schools. And I would definitely teach them not academically, but social and emotional. I would try to help them thrive social and emotionally, because for me, this is a top priority right now. People are struggling and they, all of us fall into the victim state and all of us are running into a golden hamster wheel. Even if we think we are okay, this is a golden hamster wheel. We are lots of times we are stuck and we need somebody to take us by the hand and move us away from the loop. So I would invest in approaching and supporting as many students as possible at the age of 14 or 15, 17. So they are ready for adulthood. I would definitely do that. Awesome. Very cool. Okay. I just have a couple more questions before I let you go today. Now, do you have a big project or initiative inside of your business right now that you're working on? If you could get one thing done between now and the end of the year, what is that one thing you really love to get done? Yeah. So now I'm investing lots of my time in finalizing a program, a project I'm doing. I'm working with teachers. I'm working with educators and I'm helping them build their own signature programs. So I, we either work individually on one-to-one -one sessions or in groups. So I would like to help as many teachers as possible grow their impact and bring their own thoughts into the world, into the students, so they can influence as many people as possible. And what I'm investing in now is structuring it uh, as well as possible so that as many people as possible can join the program, see the impact, grow and yeah you never know what can happen after that and i've seen it happen again and again with my clients so i would like to see it with more and more people yeah that's wonderful and you're doing absolutely great work out there so keep it up uh, now for all the rest of the entrepreneurs out there listening to this if you have one piece of advice you could give them or some parting words what would you want to say to them yeah i would say networking is really important and chatterbook talk to as many people as possible and my three eyes for connecting and networking with people is invite involve integrate so invite them to your world whatever this world means could be in linkedin could be in facebook in wherever you are then involve them in what you're doing give them value as much value as possible so i do free trainings every month for example and i never get tired of doing that and i'm so happy and thrilled to be supporting educators for 3 hours a month they can join and rejoin if they want to. So I invite them, they join their free trainings and then integrate them. Even if they don't get a paid program from you, integrate them into the process. Keep them, keep inviting them, keep connecting with them, keep helping them, keep bringing value to their life until they're ready to do the leap and work with you, until you build trust. 
Yeah, absolutely. Great advice, Theodora. Okay, now for everybody out there who wants to find out more about you and XLNs and what you do and the products you offer, where can they go to do that? I'm on LinkedIn or on Facebook at Theodora Boyu, and my website is excellence.com, but we have to... Do I have to spell it because I know yeah, okay. I'll put it in the show notes yes. for everybody. So if you're looking for it, it'll be there. Thank you. Thank you. Totally. Absolutely. Okay, Theodora, it's been a blast. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. And I know you shared a lot of wonderful insight for the audience and for myself. So I just want to thank you again for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation, Chris. It's been lovely. Absolutely. And to all of you listening out there, if it's been lovely for you too, we would love if you could give us one of those five-star reviews. It helps us out a ton and uh, get the word out to other entrepreneurs. And if you are an amazing entrepreneur as well, and you want to come on the show, like our great guest, Theodora, we would love to chat with you as well. To do that, you can go to PYF.com. That's the letters podcast.com. And you can apply right there. We'll see you all next time. Theodora, thanks again. Thank you.